Welcome to the latest episode of Too Boldly Pod, the unscripted podcast about anything and everything. And if you've listened to any of the previous over 300 podcasts for the past six years, you know that's absolutely positively spot on. When I started this podcast six years ago, it's coming off the heels of doing a very specific podcast with my buddy Sandshoes when we talked all about great sci-fi nerdy goodness each and every episode. And when we kind of got away from doing that podcast, I wanted to do something else that sort of encapsulated what my interests are. And my interests are varied. So I thought, why not just do a podcast about anything and everything? Or as I originally, the original tagline was the Catch as Catch Can podcast, which means it could be just about anything. Because I'm a fan of sci-fi stuff, movies and TV shows. I'm, I'm a fan of, of music. I'm a fan of the paranormal stuff. I have all kinds of interests. I have this little sort of undertow fleeting interest in serial killers and stuff like that, like millions of other people. And I thought, why not do an entire podcast about the things that I love? I'll come on each and every week and I'll talk about whatever's striking my fancy. So that's what I've basically been doing for the past six years here on this podcast. You can tune in or download it one week and hear me talk about Doctor Who. The following week, you'll hear me talk about ghosts. And then sometimes you'll download it and hear me rant about some kind of sporting thing, which is exactly what I'm going to do today here on this podcast. And it's going to be very predominantly Michigan-centric sort of a a conversation slash read-into-it-rant that I'm going to talk about. So people outside of the state of Michigan may not get the gist of what I'm going to talk about, but hopefully, and this is the reason I'm going to do it, a couple people will realize what I'm trying to convey and maybe possibly at the very end of this agree. Now, I'm going to go off as you're all completely used to over the past six years. I'm probably going to go off on a tangent from time to time and, and branch off into other things that have nothing to do with the the base argument that I'm trying to convey, but like I said, if you've listened to any of the previous 300-plus episodes of this podcast, you've grown accustomed to that, so it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. And that being said, before we get into the juice of the fruit of this entire podcast, I'll start off with a little bit of a tangent, kind of talking about my fellow sports fans, specifically those on that call into or text into terrestrial sports talk radio. Now, during my day job, I, I predominantly listen to sports talk radio throughout the whole day. Every once in a while, I'll listen to some tunes, but for the most part, I listen to a local Detroit sports talk channel. And I have issues that I want to take with some of my fellow fans. 
And this is probably no different in any other city or state across the Union or around the world, for that matter, that has sports talk radio as a form of entertainment. But just for accounting purposes, Ford Field, where the Detroit Lions play, seats approximately, I think, about 65, 70, 80. I don't think it's 80,000. I think it's somewhere between 60 and 70,000 people. I could be wrong on that number, so don't sue me on that. But roughly 60 to 70,000. We'll go with that. And over the past, say, 10 or 15 years of listening to Sports Talk Radio, I've come to the conclusion that if every person that called up and said they're a season ticket holder for the Lions since 19-aught-aught actually had season tickets to the Detroit Lions, Ford Field would hold about 700,000 seats in it. So what's up with the little white lie the little white lie qualifier that people have to use when they call into sports talk radio. Just get to your point. It's kind of like, and I understand why some hosts get annoyed by it, but it's it's such a, a passive phrase that people always use whenever they, they make a phone call on sports talk radio. So they always start off with, how you guys doing? Well, they've answered that question probably you know, a hundred times throughout the show. If you've heard them say they're good, they're good. But like I said, that's that's ancillary. But of those 800,000 season ticket holders that the Lions allegedly have, about, we'll say, you know, 70, I'll be, I'll be, be kind and say 70% of them are like, oh, I washed my hands of the Lions back in... 2009 when they went 0-16, and and I haven't watched a single game since. So why the hell are you calling up talking about the Lions on a sports talk radio station for? That is basically a bald-faced lie. And what is it about fandom that we get so worked up about? We can go to the root word itself, fan, which is short for fanatic. And yes, we are all fanatical about the teams that we follow and we love so what is it and i understand that people get angry i get angry and upset and worked up to watching games especially when things go wrong and things don't quite happen the way that we'd hope they had happened and what is it about them that we have to after the fact well first off why do we get so angry and i get angry too so don't don't type in and tell me, well, you're what kind of fan are you if you're not passionate about it? I am very passionate about my fandom, especially with the Lions and Michigan, as we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. But what is it about fans that have to come in sports talk radio and just, for lack of a better phrase, fib about this, that, and the other? I don't understand why you have to, you know, say, I've been a season ticket holder since 19-aught-aught, or I've washed my hands of the Lions. I don't watch them anymore. I haven't watched them since 2009. It's a lie. Yes, you have. Otherwise, you wouldn't be calling in Sports Talk Radio to talk about it. And I'm not going to say that I'm completely innocent of that. I, I had my 
my moments of anger and frustration as well with teams that I've been watching and they're losing or they're getting, quote, screwed, which we're going to talk about in a second. That's something else that really cheeses me off. But what is it about fandom? Is that it? Is this because we're so passionate that we have to really... Is it is it a microcosm of society? Because it seems like in society, if you believe one thing, doesn't matter how much incontrovertible proof you're showing to the contrary that what you believe is wrong, you still refuse to admit it. Okay, to see the last six years, but I digress. And you just refuse to believe it or buy into it or accept the fact that you are wrong. Is that what part of the whole fandom thing is? And while I'm on crazy fandom, let's talk a little bit about fanaticism as far as hype goes. And that's where I'm going to shift gears over to the college game. Most of you know I'm a fan of the Michigan Wolverines, and I have such a love-hate relationship with that team. And I actually have no issues with the players on the field whatsoever, and I never have. It's all sort of this hype machine that's come out of Ann Arbor. It's all sort of the hype machine that's built up by their head coach. And I just don't understand why you need to have the hype. You don't. And then I don't live in Alabama or an SEC country, so I can't necessarily speak to the SEC. But what is it about Michigan fans and their head coach that has to play off that nothing bad ever happens to Michigan on the field? It's always a case of them getting screwed or wronged or something. If you go by fans, especially on social media, but specifically Michigan fans, Michigan has never fairly lost a football game in the over 100-some-odd years that they've been playing organized football. It's always they got screwed by the officials, they got screwed by the Big Ten, they got screwed by this, they got screwed by that, they got screwed by the weather. Shut up. Winning and losing is part of life. Again, see, the last six years for proof of that. And we have to be able to accept that we moved on. And I think maybe the reason that, that I've become sort of passe or passive to things like that. Yeah, I get upset in the moment. I get disappointed in the moment, but I think the reason I'm so passive about it is you have to look at it as far as, say, a quarterback throwing an interception or a cornerback that gets burned for a for a deep touchdown pass or something like that. You have to have a short memory like the quarterback and the cornerback do because they have to go back out and continue to play on the next play. Just because they screwed up once doesn't mean that the game is over, except for maybe when they screw up and the game is over, but that's an argument for another day. But what is it about fans, and I'm going to clump the, the current head coach, Jim Harbaugh, into this too, because what is it that you can't admit when you were bested at some point? 
And that's kind of a societal issue now that I think we have, and it's bled down into the sports world, is sometimes you don't win. Sometimes you're not the best. Sometimes the opposition is just the better team and has your number on a specific day. Everybody, nobody, anybody on this planet from the beginning of time until two seconds ago None of us are perfect. We all have failings, and we all mess up, and we all suffer from losses. So accept it, tip your hat to your opponent, and move on. And that's kind of sort of, I think, what I I, I, I built that up in my, my psyche from back when I was a, a, a coach and an umpire. Yes, I'm kind of aging myself. I was a former coach and umpire, but that's kind of where I've built myself up. You can't hold on to that angst and anger and vitriol. You have to admit it, learn from it, and move on. Learn that I used to say when I was a coach that losing is the best teaching tool because you can show players what went wrong, what they did wrong, what they could do to improve so it doesn't happen again. And I used to debate with my brother-in-law about that when I said that to him. And he's like, what? What do you mean losing is the best tool? Well, yeah, if you lose, then you obviously have room to improve things that need to be corrected. Whereas when you win, you're you're kind of happy with your laurels or on your laurels and you're content with the things you did was good enough to win a game. So losing is a, a great teaching tool. So you have to be able to get over that initial disappointment and continue to move on and to work towards getting better. So going back a few minutes, my fellow Michigan fans, Michigan has lost a lot of games over the past hundred and some odd years. And you know what? Not every single one of them they got screwed by the referees or screwed by the weather or screwed by this. Sometimes the other team was just the better team on that day. And I will say this about Michigan. If they don't improve some things before next Saturday when they go to Columbus, (laughs) they're going to get their ass handed to them because field goals in the red zone are not going to beat Ohio State. I'm sorry to tell you that. You don't want to hear that. But they're going to get their ass handed to them by the Buckeyes next Saturday if they don't pass the ball, if they don't score touchdowns. And it's just logical when you go into Columbus and play a very talented offensive team that is Ohio State, that you're not going to win by just kicking field goals. You got lucky this week against Illinois by winning a game like that. Maybe that was something that they needed to see and experience in order to learn to execute better and to score touchdowns in adverse situations that will help them next week. Time will tell on that, but... Not every single time does Michigan get screwed, and it really cheeses me off when I see that on social media or talk to people, and the first thing they say is, well, they weren't getting any calls. They got screwed by the refs. Penalty this, penalty that. 
no, not penalty this, not penalty that. Execution this, execution that is what almost caused them to lose, actually lose the game, or in yesterday's case, almost lose a game. And that's not just a Michigan thing. And it happens, and they're much the same people with the Lions and the Red Wings as well. I don't think the Red Wings, to, to those type of fans, the Red Wings ever fairly took a penalty that they committed in a hockey game. They were always screwed by the refs. But I get it. That's a lot of people's go-to buzzword when they're upset. So I get that. So 15 minutes into this, and I still haven't quite gotten to the whole point of what I wanted to talk about, and that is sort of me being, me kind of having a little bit of a double standard over what I just railed about for the past 15 minutes, and that's something that's really been bugging me about my and our Detroit Lions. And hopefully once I get done with this little diatribe, you'll understand my point of view what I'm trying to convey, but it really does bother me, and it's been bugging me for a long time. And simply put, I'll I'll tell you what it is, and then I'll kind of break it down as we go. And the Detroit Lions have won one playoff game in the past 65 years. Do the math, that's 1957. They've won since 1957, they have won one playoff game. 65 years. Put it frankly, I turn 54 next Friday. So, 11 years before I was born was the last time the Detroit Lions won a championship. And to put it even more succinctly, their one and only playoff victory in those 65 years was over 20 years ago in the mid-1990s. So, yeah, they haven't won a playoff game, and they haven't been to very many playoff games in those 20 years. So tack that on to the angst about it. And why am I railing about that? We all know the Lions are a sad sack organization, we all know that they're not one of the better franchises in the NFL. But why doesn't Detroit get the national attention for their ineptitude that, say, the Cubs got for the hundred or whatever years it was they were between World Series championships a couple of years ago? People were all talking about the... The Cubs, the losing, the loser Cubs haven't won a World Series in a hundred years, whatever it was, until they finally did a couple of years ago. And I could say the same thing about the Red Sox before they won their World Series, you know, ten years ago or whenever it was. That they people talked about the the Red Sox had this big long streak of years without winning a championship. Why doesn't the Detroit Lions get that 65 years since they've won a championship? And I don't understand why it doesn't get the national attention that, say, the Cubs 
and the Red Sox. And, and there's other sports and teams like that, too. You could say the Maple Leafs in hockey. You can say the Clippers in basketball. And nobody ever talks about they They talk about all those, the, the Maple Leafs and, and the Clippers. And like I said before, the Red Sox and the 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 cubs and they even talk a little bit about the cleveland indians in baseball it really gets national attention about the championship drought that those teams in those cities are going through but nobody ever really seems to to talk about the lions and the 65 years without a championship and i'll keep this argument centered around the NFL because I know there's been a lot of other teams out there that haven't won a Super Bowl either but I don't think there's any team that suffered quite as much as the Lions and us Lion fans have over the past 65 years in football than any other franchise combined. The only one that could even come close to joining that argument would be the Cleveland Brown fans. And to that, I'll say they get a little bit of a check mark or an asterisk next to it because this current Cleveland Brown team has only been around since 99. When the original Cleveland Browns moved to, say, Baltimore, they've won a a Super Bowl and been to numerous Super Bowls since then. So they kind of lose out on that portion of the argument. The city, the city of Cleveland, I will still accept, but even they have won a championship since the Lions have last won a championship, and they've won multiple playoff games since then as well. But my point, as far as nationally speaking goes, is they talk a lot about teams that I don't really think deserve to be in the championship drought conversation quite like the Lions. Talking about teams like Dallas. People are talking about the Dallas Cowboys because they haven't won a Super Bowl since the 90s. Well, I'm sorry, folks. You've won a Super Bowl before or since the Lions' last playoff victory, and you have multiple Super Bowl championships. You're a fan, I get it, you want them to win their, quote, America's team, so they, by proxy, kind of like my fellow Michigan fans, think they should win every single year and they never lose fairly, but that's an argument for another day. Another team is, and sorry, Kelly, for this, but people talk about Buffalo and their angst. But you know what? Buffalo has been to four Super Bowls. They haven't won them, but they got to the pinnacle. Did they cross it? No, they didn't. Same could be said for Minnesota, that Minnesota has been to, what was it, three or four in the 70s? They didn't win any of them, but they got to the Super Bowl. And then what was it, 20 years ago or so, they were one field goal away from going again, but they missed it. They got to these moments that us as Lions fans and the team in and of itself have never gotten to. Again, I repeat, one playoff win in 65 years. 
rarely even making the playoffs. And there's all sorts of other excuses that people say that the San Diego Chargers, now the L.A. Chargers, well, they went to Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl. People have actually said the Cincinnati Bengals. But you know what? Cincinnati's been to three Super Bowls. They lost all three of them, but they got there. My point is, maybe we're so defeated as a fan base here in Detroit, I would take, and I'm sure pretty much everybody else in this state that's a Lions fan, would take the Lions getting to a Super Bowl and losing, because that would reinforce our hope, our endless hope that we have for this team. That if we ever, well, I'll put it this way, if, if the Lions ever got to the Super Bowl, they would burn this state and the city of Detroit down before the game even got played. That's how elated the Lions fans would be that we finally seem to get over this hump that we haven't been able to get to get over. And you know what? We would we would love the opportunity to at least play for a Super Bowl here in Detroit, and I don't understand why much like the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Indians and all these other franchises, why the Lions don't get the national exposure to their plight that these other franchises do. I mean, it's not like 65 years is 10 years. It's 60. It's over half a century, folks. Like I said at the beginning of this, it's 11 years before... I was even born, and I'm about to turn 54. So, yeah, it's been a long time. We're starving in Detroit. We want this team to be successful. That's why we continuously tune in each and every week, and some of us idiots call up sports radio and claim we've been Lions-free since 2009, which we all know is utter BS because you're tuned in every Sunday to watch them. So, I don't get it. Maybe you can explain it to me. Maybe you have an outside Michigan take on this. Maybe you do know, and I'm just too Michigan-centric to realize that the rest of the country talk about the Lions sucking for the past 65 years. Maybe I'm just so numb to it now that I'm used to it. But, and one last thing before I wrap things up. Stop calling in Sports Talk Radio and saying the Fords need to sell the team. They're not going to sell the team. It's not going to happen. If you owned a company, as horrible as it was, if you owned a company and it was backing dump trucks full of money up to your bank account every single year, and you were turning over this massive profit, you wouldn't sell the team either, no matter how bad it was, no matter how bad you wanted to win, no matter how bad they failed. If you were still making that massive profit, you wouldn't sell the team either. So stop with this stupid narrative that the Fords need to sell the team. And I'm not a believer in curses, the Bobby Lane curse or any of that stuff. But at some point, hopefully in my lifetime, <laughs> hopefully... And my lifetime is kind of on the downside now. I mean, once you cross a certain age, you start looking down as opposed to up. I would really, really, I think this entire state would love to see the Lions 
have some kind of sustained success. Win a Super Bowl, that would be the ultimate goal. I would love to see that before I die. But I would just love to see them be competitive each and every year. Have a chance. Be on the graphic, to use a sports talk analogy, each and every year. Be a team that has to be reckoned with, not one that the opponent will circle saying, nope, there's a win. And I hope it happens. I really do. So how about a little bit of respect for us Lions fans? A little bit of respect for the Detroit Lions. 65 years. That's a long time. I think it's long enough that we can start to be included with the likes of the Cubs and their drought or the Red Sox and their drought or the Maple Leafs and their drought. I think it's time, America. It's time to admit that the Lions are in a slump. And I don't really have a closer for this, so I'll just simply say thank you all for six years of fantastic support. I'm going to continue to keep this as a podcast about anything and everything. Sometimes you'll like it, sometimes you'll get bored, but hopefully always you're entertained. No grandiose closer, so I'll, since we're talking about sports, I'll close with a line from the movie Major League. No runs on one hit and two errors. We only got one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Ah, the hell with it. Nobody's listening anyways. <laughs>